Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair, and we've got three games to talk about since the last podcast. Two wins Aston Villa away. Watford away, and then a loss at Leipzig in the Champions League. Um, we also look forward to Wolves at home, 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. To help me do that, I have three guests. Welcome to Steve Cox. Hi, Steve. Hello. Welcome to Spencer Debson. Hi, Nigel. And last, and, and, and probably least, Nick Goldstone. Hi, Nick. Hello, Nigel. Um, listen, let's start with the, uh, the, the loss. And you kind of got, I'm going to give you two choices here, Nick. Um, dead rubber. Complete waste of time, irrelevant, or actually lots to ponder. Defensive frailties, a lack of discipline, uh, no striker comes up again. Which, which of those are you going for, Nick? Uh, dead rubber, complete waste of time. Thank you. Steve Cox? I would have said dead rubber, simply waste of time, but you don't want me to say that now. So <laughs> let's, let's be contrary. Um, no, there is a bit to ponder about there. Um, I think there was a bit of ill-discipline. It was a bit of a scratch team compared to the teams we put out recently. Not unexpected in the result because we know Leipzig aren't a bunch of no-goods. They put us put us 6-3 in the home leg. So I wasn't really surprised that they came out fighting given the fact they were trying to get into the Europa League effectively. Um, what it did show me was that we need Ruben Dias in defence. You can put any one of the others with Ruben Dias and you've got a fully organised defence. Uh, but we do need Ruben Diaz on the pitch. We also need Bernardo um, because we were kind of lacking up front a lot of that those little runs that he makes and the link-up play that he does, which David Silva used to do very well. Bernardo Silva does extremely well. If anything, I would actually say a bit better than David Silva was because he's a little bit quicker across the green. But um, yeah, really, it was a dead rubber. <laughs> Bernardo Silva is better than David Silva. You heard it, heard it here first from Steve Cox. That's uh, controversial. There we go. Like father, like son, or like son, like father. Um, Spencer, um, who are you with? Are you with Nick or are you with Steve on this one? Um, well, I'm well, I'm with you both, aren't I, my beloved uh, 
podcast um, colleagues. But um, well, we, we would dismiss it, wouldn't we? Because we didn't win it. Um, and, you know, uh, we do want momentum. Uh, we did have five or six changes and I'm sure there'll be another six or seven changes for the weekend. So we can dismiss it, but it, it, it wasn't great, was it? <laughs> Carl Walker sort of, you know, doing a bit of a sort of uh, rugby effort and it was a very odd thing, really. Um, and personally, I just have slight sort of Monaco, Leon, Chelsea flashbacks whenever we <laughs> we sort of stumble in Europe. I know it's only the group stages, but it just probably goes back to my Champions League neurosis, which sits a little deep. Um, but uh, we have to dismiss it. And I do think it'll be a very different uh, experience at the weekend. And it also, it, it was a, a, a sort of retro back to the soulless nature of not having a crowd. It, it just reminded you how how bad that is so I think all in all absolutely want to forget um but maybe the, the only thing is that the, the Mares header uh for the winner that was that was the sweet header actually and I think it made him our best uh after Sergio our, our most prolific uh group stage Champions League scorer in recent time so let's let's take a small positive from a big negative before we move on to Villa, Nick, I'll, I'll give you a chance to come back. Is there, any, in all seriousness, anything else you want to add uh, about the Leipzig game? Any other reflections on it before I give you a go on on, on the Villa game? Well, I think I think there was probably some justification for all of the sort of the first team players who who played um, who've not played that much, other than uh, Walker and Gundogan. And I could not see any justification for either of those two starting the game. I mean, really, it would have been perfectly reasonable to have played 11 uh, sort of reserve team players. Um, but why those two played, I don't know. And my my working theory is that Carl Walker was so pissed off that he had to actually turn up and turn out uh, that uh, that was partly responsible uh, very much responsible for why I ended up getting a red card, stupid though it was. Let, let's let's move on then. Let, let's talk about Villa. It seems a while ago now. And, and before the game started, Nick, a lot of the chat and a lot of social media were talking about the reception that Jack Grealish was going to get. Clearly, Villa fan, man and boy, um, didn't want to leave the club, left on a big salary with a, with, with a big fee, £100 million, and there was kind of that mixed reaction, wasn't that? Kind of there were, were those that said, look, you know, the lad's got to earn a living. He's Villa through and through. And we're going to applaud him for everything he gave us. And those that took a slightly different view. I'm just interested before we get into that. Are there any ex-City players that you would boo, have booed, think there's justification to boo? Um, who, who have you sort of, who do you have in that category? Um... I don't think there's anyone. I mean, I'm not really one for booing James Milner. I thought he had a great career at City and, you know, he went to Liverpool, but I didn't see any particular reason to boo him. I think that whole story just completely passed me by, to be honest, at the time. It was quite a while ago now. But no, I have, I mean, you know, we are fortunate now. You know, we're, we're now fortunate that, you know, that kind of thing doesn't really happen to us. We buy players. We don't really, really sell the best ones. Back in the old days when we did, we sold all our best players all of the time. That what was, you know, it's a bit sad, but really it was quite good fun when you saw, oh, look, one of our players is playing for Liverpool now, one of our players is playing for Arsenal. It was, it was kind of a bit of a badge of honour, seeing as we had absolutely nothing better 
to be uh, happy about in in, um, in those days. So, you know, that's going back a long time. I, I, honestly, I cannot think. Of, I might I may have missed something obvious. But I cannot think of anybody that I would want to boo. I remember Steve. I seem I seem to remember that James Milner did say some fairly um, disagreeable things on leaving City about joining Liverpool to to win silverware and stuff, which never goes down well with the fans. Uh, and and as a result of that, that's why maybe he gets the treatment he does. Is there anybody? I don't know what you feel about Milner or any anybody else you can think of in the past that justifies getting a reception like some of the Villa fans gave Grealish. No, I've got no strong feelings about anybody like that. I mean, okay, Milner said some strong things, but that's that's up to him, really. He did good service whilst he was at City. Um, like Nick was saying, back in the day, we used to sell a lot of players, you know, people like Gary Flickoff. I was a bit disappointed when we sold them, but the reality is we needed the money at the time. Um, and you could almost bet your bottom dollar that they would come back playing for Blackburn and score against us. But the reality of it is, I don't think I've ever booed a City player or ex-City player ever. It's not something that would enter into my mentality. Go on, Spencer, name, name some. I'm hoping you've got some. I've got one. Uh, oh, well I've, done. I've got a twist. I've got a twist on it. it on. It's an affectionate boo, and it's Leroy Sane, because I was so upset when he left. <laughs> so I'll give him a little tentative boo-hoo uh, when we next play uh, Bayern. Well, I hope we don't play him sooner, sooner uh, too soon. But um, no, apart from that, um, it's rather childish, isn't it, really? But then... Football is a football support is a rather childish occupation, I suppose. Uh, I'm just just going to say, I think if I if my memory is right, I think Richard Dunn scored against us for uh, for uh, 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 for Villa, and I think we actually cheered him even when he did that. <laughs> but he was used to scoring against us, wasn't he? Really, to be fair, the kind of club we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so let's talk about the, the game brief. It does seem a long time ago in terms of. Uh, 2-1 victory, Diaz and, and, and Silva. I mean, we're going we're gonna to mention Silva a lot today, I think, uh, for, for lots of reasons. Um, a, a good performance, um, another win, uh, kept the momentum going at that time, important win. Um, your thoughts and reflections, Nick, about the game? Any particular standout performances for you? Uh, it, it was a little while ago. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a... It was a it was a great performance on the whole. I thought, um, you know, it was just another of those games where we really should have put it to bed a bit more carefully um, than we ended up doing. Scored one excellent goal and one absolutely astonishing um, strike, which had me jumping across the room when I watched it on the TV, uh, and which will be remembered for many, many years to come. Um, but yeah, other than that, we were just sort of slightly doing our our general possession, 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 playing quite nicely, but not making an enormous amount out of it. We didn't pepper them with with chances. I didn't think we scored two goals that you know were, were, were excellent, but we really didn't have huge amounts of constant pressure on their goal. Steve, Nick quite rightly has mentioned the Bernardo Silva goal, and and for me. A lot of people talked about the finish, but for me, it was the move. I mean, it started in our penalty area. We were under pressure. We looked, we looked so we couldn't clear our lines. And, and, and it just, if anybody in sort of 30 years' time says, what, what did Pep Guardiola bring to English football, bring to Manchester City, bring to the Premier League? You'll say, hold on a minute, let's go on YouTube or whatever YouTube is in 20 years' time and watch this goal. And this is yeah. what it's all about. But you're in defence 
And you're not going to just hoof it like you did in 1973. You know, this is what you do. This is what he taught us to do. And just there was so much to enjoy. Um, and yeah, of course, the finish was absolutely sublime. But it, it was the it was everything, wasn't it? It wasn't just the finish. No, I think the fact that Maris was completely and utterly unflustered when surrounded by three Villa players, the fact that he then had the sense of presence of mind to actually play the ball through those three players to Fernandinho, who he knew would get there first. Fernandinho looked up, saw what was in front of him, and one touch and then a sumptuous pass to Jesus, who controlled it and had already worked out that Silva was on the run through the middle and decided what he wanted to do it. So once he actually took his touch, he then played the ball across. It's perfect one-two-touch football from one end to the other. Absolutely fantastic. I think it took place in less than 10 seconds. Spencer, wax lyrical, please. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, I mean, uh, they said, oh, that might have been one of the goals of the month. I mean, what, 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 I don't want to have a share of going on about. I mean, that, if that's not one of the, in the, you know, goal of the season, um, uh, you know, one of the sort of top two or three, if not top one, I don't know what is. That was absolutely vintage City. And I thought the, uh, the whole thing was fantastic. But that ball from Jesus had to be absolutely perfect. And it was absolutely perfect. And the finish had to be absolutely perfect. So absolutely loved it. And also, I think it was Pep's 150th Premier League win in, in record time. So um, those are the positives to take, take from the game, really. Um, the rest of it was com- competent, a competent win overall with, 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 with that highlight, really. So talk, talk about Watford then, Spencer. Um, cold Saturday night in the southeast, Vicarage Road. Um, I saw Nick there actually. Um, it's good to see him outside the ground, all wrapped up warm. Um, your your thoughts and reflections on that? I mean, we can probably spend a bit more time on this one because this was Vintage City. There were times, well, yeah, I mean, half where we were just amazing. I don't know where you were, Nigel, but I was about um, six rows up from the front uh, behind the goal, and um, you're reminded what a great ground Watford is. Not not just because we g- generally win there, but it's one of these you know, smaller grounds where you're right on top of the action. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's live football at its very best, really. Uh, so, um, well, we, we just started off like an absolute whirlwind, didn't we? We had three or four, uh, you know, guilt-edged chances, really, in the first five minutes, converted one of them. Um, and it was, uh, it was very thrilling. Uh, and uh, we should have really been two or three goals up within the first 15 minutes. So the, the, the normal... Uh, observations will come in there. But, you know, Watford did their best, didn't they, to try and shut us out. But we were all over them. Um, Sterling continues his uh, resurgence. Um, I, I'm hoping that that, that, that is... Uh, he's back back for good, as Gary Barlow might say. We'll see, won't we? Uh, but it, it's feeling, starting to feel that way. Uh, and it was great to see Phil Foden back. I thought he looked excellent uh, on the left. I I wouldn't like to see him other than in the team from now on, uh, you know, if it is injury-free. Uh, and Grealish, I thought, he's still feeling his way in, isn't he? It's still early early days. Um, but he looks confident, and to be fair, he looked confident against Leipzig as well. He just needs a, a, a little bit of um, a little bit of the rub of the green, perhaps get a few goals, get a few assists, get a bit a bit more confidence, and I think he'll come good. Um, but overall, um, thoroughly enjoyed the game. Um, I mean, they got their consolation when the game was won. Um, Bernardo's goal. Let somebody else talk about that. Absolutely bloody fantastic. 
um, and a thoroughly enjoyable winter's eve out in Watford. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Steve, the, 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 uh, the, just, just go back to Grealish. Um, again, I'm kind of on, on my... Same same pattern as when I started. We kind of two, two, two extremes here. One is Spencer's view, which is he looks confident. He got in the right position. Obviously, playing in that false nine position, particularly in the first half, kind of as an old fashioned centre forward. Lots of got in the right areas, hit the woodwork, um, plenty of chances, looked busy. Um, or you could argue hasn't scored yet and had a great opportunity and still hasn't scored. Um, so, so, so where do you sit on that, Steve, on, on the Greeley situation? It's very difficult when you come into a pep team to get used to everything that's going on around you. And generally, most players tend to take at least a season to do so. Bernardo did. Cancelo did. We've had a variety of players that have come that just sort of take a little while to settle in and get used to the work rate. Mares as well was another example. And I think as he gets used to it, as he gets to understand the system and where the players are going, I think it will really work for him. He's a really good player. He's got all the skills. He's got all the technique. He's got the physique for it as well. Um, and he seems to find himself at so I, I really struggle with this anti-him view. He's getting playing time now. The more playing time he gets, the more used to the system he's going to get. And I think the bigger the benefit will be for us in the long run. We've got six or seven players now that can play in any one of those positions across the front and up the top. Um, and he's one of them. And I think he's very adaptable very useful player to have he needs to learn to do more than just come inside on his uh, on his right foot from time to time he needs to learn a different uh, a different trick but then sterling sometimes does that as well so you can't really criticize just greenish for that come on nick disappointing he's not scored should have scored shouldn't he on saturday night against watford at least one or two. Oh god yes absolutely but um i mean we, we we should have literally got half a dozen goals in the first 20 minutes um i was uh, sat as I think you know, Nigel. I was very kindly invited by um, a friend of one of my rare friends that actually that invited me uh, to go with him. He's a Watford fan. He had a spare ticket, so I I went and sat with him in the home uh, section. It was actually next to the away section, nine the goal. Um, and he uh, he did actually make the comment to me before the game that he, he you know he, he really fancied them. Uh, before the game, he thought they were really up for it. They'd had a good result against United, and he really fancied them. I mean, we were mesmerising um, early on, uh, particularly, and we should have literally just destroyed them. Uh, the number of chances that were missed was quite incredible, and I was sat there with my head, my head in my hands, my hands on my head, um, 
every, every every position imaginable as these as these chances went begging. Um, but I'm not worried about about Jack Grealish for now in terms of uh, what he's doing and whether he's scoring goals. I think it's much much too early to be thinking about that. He certainly shouldn't be playing, or he 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 shouldn't. There, there shouldn't be any expectation on him to be one of the main goal scorers and playing in that sort of uh, number nine role, whether whether a false one or otherwise. He's got he's got a year, possibly two years, to find out and work out exactly where best he should he should play and how he should play. Um, but. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, it was it was almost unbel- it was almost incredible how many chances were missed early in that game, and really, it was a great opportunity for goal difference. I have to say, um, which we part partly squandered, and that might just be important at some point this season. Probably the end. <laughs> Sorry, the, the big shock in what you said though is that you've actually got a friend, which I'm actually got yeah. to hear, but, but interesting. Yeah. And the, yeah. the other big shock, Steve, of course, is that Bernardo Silva won Player of the Month, which I can't quite understand getting my head around. So many other candidates. And your thoughts on that, Steve? Bernardo Silva, eh? David Silva. He's won, he's won City Player of the Month for the last three months on the trot. Um, it does surprise me because he ought to really be playing for Liverpool if he's going to get Player of the Month because they're the only people that are actually allowed to win that. Um, so I understand. Um, but the reality of it is, it's rewarded for hard work. I'm pleased he didn't leave in the summer. Not only is he a fantastic footballer, he seems to be an all-round nice bloke. Um, right in front of me, I witnessed him giving his shirt. In fact, actually, three times I've witnessed him giving his shirt to young kids um, at the end of games in recent weeks. And I'm talking about right in front of me as well. And he does it with a smile and he's a really nice guy. And he's just a genuinely nice bloke. And he seems to enjoy playing for City, which is a massive turnaround compared to where we were in the summer with him. But I actually think he's going to become one of our most iconic players. I didn't think anybody could get anywhere near to David Silva, but he is one of those players that seems to be able to see those pictures of the pitch right in front of him as it happens and play it exactly the same way as David used to. So I think, good on him. Absolutely good on him. I mean, Spencer, two stunning goals in the last two games. That aside, I mean, what what do you see in Bernardo Silva? Well, that... I'm starting to see a, a, a two-headed silver statue outside the Etihad here. <laughs> um, he's a fantastic player, isn't he? I mean, he was playing with our minds, wasn't he? Because when he came, he clearly had all the skills and was fantastic uh, in the early days with City. And then, for whatever reason, last season, um, uh, you know, lack of form, I suspect it was all about personal life and uh, whether he was going to stay and so on. And now that's resolved. Uh, but he is an absolutely fantastic player. And he's also the player that I think runs around the most um, in every game. I mean, he he's the ultimate footballer, isn't he? He's, he's got the midfield uh, silky, suave, elegant style. He'll chase back in the 90th minute. Um, and I think he's, he's 26, 27, I think, isn't he? You know, I would be very, very upset if he um, wasn't with us for the next two or three years because he's, he's absolutely fundamental to our success this season. Anything to add on Bernardo, Nick, before we look forward to uh, Wolves at the weekend? Only superlatives. He's wonderful. Wonderful. Lovely guy. Wonderful. No, are we, do, do we love him or Cancelo more, Nick? Uh, I think it's it's relatively tight. I I think Cancelo is 
sensationally talented and uh, borderline genius. Uh, Bernardo, Bernardo definitely gets the love for now just because he's been around for longer. But Cancelo's up there. He's he's, he's going to be there. But, but, but Nick, we we know you love Cancelo. You say that every every time you come on. So I do. You, you know, I want a straight answer from you. Who do you love more um, on the show tonight? Do you love Bernardo Silva or Cancelo more? Who do you love more? We need a decision. Go, uh, Bernardo. Oh my word! I'm I'm shocked. There's so many shocks on this show this week. I didn't see that uh, coming? I didn't see that coming. I thought Cancelo. Well, interesting stuff. Good. Let's look forward to uh, the weekend and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, who's got Spencer? Start us off on Wolverhampton Wanderers away, then, please. Your thoughts and reflections on that? They're a kind of Jekyll and Hyde team, aren't they? Really, um, probably Jekyll in the form of uh, Adama Traore, because I always think he's on the highlights. He looks absolutely a world beater, uh, and he is on the highlights. But then he perhaps he's not the. I think he's on the bench at the moment, isn't he? But he would be the guy that you, know, you would fear. Um, they're a they're a they're a, uh, a team that could could produce an upset. I would say uh, it seems that they they win then they lose they win then they lose. Um, I mean they're eighth, aren't they? They're, 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 they've had they've had good results this season. Um, I would be a little bit wary of of uh, uh, you know of, of of moments of, uh, of of you know odd moments from them that that could actually catch us out. Um, I, I think I think we'll be okay. I mean, we'll we'll have our we'll be back to a full strength team, uh, I believe, at the weekend, uh, and hopefully we'll revert back to to, to to the type of the last half dozen games, and we'll 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 have you know far too much for them. But um, I do a little bit of caution there with Wolves, I think. But uh, I think I think we'll be okay. Nick, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, they're not scoring a lot of goals. I mean, they're they're, they're getting some moderate results and I I, I guess that they're probably be perfectly happy to have a season with a new manager where you know they're just going to sit nicely in the middle of the table and not have any any serious concerns about a threat of relegation um but um yeah I think they've scored one goal in the last five um they're keeping things fairly tight I think I, I, I to be honest I didn't see the Last game, their last game against the Scousers, that obviously was a very late goal, but um, I think they did get a bit pummeled in that game, from what I heard. Uh, but no, I think I think they'll be organised. I mean, I don't think it'll be anything like the Watford game. I think they'll be well organised, um, and it'll be a tough g- g- grinder result out sort of a game, I'd imagine. Steve, your thoughts? Yeah, it's n- they're never an easy team to play. Wolves, they always seem to have a little bit of. Um... A kryptonite towards us, to be fair. Um, and they have that ability with Traore to break away rather quickly. And we seem to be a little bit susceptible to that still because we play such a high line at the back. So um, I, I still think that we'll probably have too much for them. And whether they can pull out two kind of games like they have, the one against Liverpool at the weekend, within a week is another questionable thing given their up and down nature, which Spencer alluded to. So no, I think we'll probably just have a bit too much for them. Um, they've got a new manager who seems to be doing pretty well with them. And in terms of score predictions then, Steve, what's your score prediction then for the weekend? Saturday, I think, I said 12.30 kickoff. I think 2-0 City. Spencer? I was going to say that, same. OK. Nick, anything different? I'm going to say 3-0 to City because I think we'll do 
a bit better than everybody thinks on this occasion. Fantastic. Listen, before we go, um, we learned of the very sad news of the death of Mr Ian Niven, MBE, who first and foremost, of course, was a City fan, uh, a director uh, between 1971 and 1995, quite a, quite a servant, became honorary president, of course, and a, and a key player in the forming of the Junior Blues, which I played a small part in, in, in sort of helping organise meetings and comparing meetings in the, in, in the 70s and 80s. And uh, I had the great pleasure of meeting Mr Niven and being in his company on numerous occasions, and he really was a charming man, uh, a city man, a family man. Uh, and I was very upset and sorry to hear of his passing. Uh, I got to know his son, also Ian, um, who worked at City at that time as well. Um, he was in the Lancashire Fusiliers, the same uh, regiment as my father. Um, he was in the 1st Battalion, my dad in the 5th Battalion. Um, he saw action in Burma, um, same as my dad as well. So lots of connections and a true gentleman, a true blue. And everybody at the uh, Man City Show podcast send our love to Ian, um, his son, and to the rest of the family and may his dear soul rest in peace. Um, thanks to my three guests, to Nick Goldstone, to Steve Cox, and to Spencer Debson. This is Nigel Rockman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.